Welcome to the Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. Romans says in 8 and 32. Um, so let's see that in New King James as well as a few other translations. Because for anything to be adopted as doctrine, it must pass the integrity of the New Testament. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he who did not spare his own son, not with him, freely give us all things? Freely with him. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Second Peter 1 and 3. As his divine power has given to us all things. Has given us all things. Second Corinthians 9 and 8 and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God is charging for what he's given. And this whole tithe issue is very thorny because you start to think of yourself as Israel. As Ibibio as you are. Excuse me, ma'am. That you have a Hebrew name. Shalom. does not make you a Jew. How much more a Levite? Because here's the danger of perpetuating certain doctrines. If you say that some of us are Levites, and you're saying that some are chosen and some are not, so those that are not chosen pay to those that are chosen. You start a problem. What and then you hear things like modern day Levites, spiritual Levites. When the only priesthood that matters, the only priesthood that saves us is the eternal priesthood. The Levitical priesthood, which is Aaron's priesthood as with all other priests, was cut short by death. If Aaron's priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, was cut short by death, how come we're trying to perpetuate his priesthood and its laws? When the substance, again, that's the problem. Dispensations changing at the cross. If we don't understand that, we can't even have a conversation. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. 
And then they now bring the issue of, oh, but Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek before the, the, the promise before. And I asked them to go and check if the tithe was demanded. Then I asked them to go and check if what he paid the tithe of was earned. Because he paid tithe on spoil. And I asked them to go and check to establish in Macedonian times that that was a standard war practice. It was the culture of the Canaanites and the other tribes in Macedonia at the time that when you got back from war in honor as, as, as obeisance, you give a tenth of the plunder. Standard cultural practice. Abraham just did what was, obtained, what was obtainable in the land. And that's how he did it. Abraham never tithe on what he had. Never. He never gave tithe on his money, on his sheep, on his goats, on his cows. Abraham never gave tithe on his servants. He never gave tithe on his earnings. And this was a terribly wealthy man. So wealthy that a king got concerned when he was hosting him. This is because he's become too powerful for us. A king said that. He's become too powerful for us. And he lets him go. Abraham never paid tithe on anything he earned or anything he owned. Never. Just that once. And it was symbolic because Abraham, known or unknown to him, gave a tenth of that plunder to the Lord Jesus. Who was a high priest forever after the order of. This is why I am upset at believers when Hebrews was written. I have a personal beef with them. That we will settle on the day of the Lord. Because the writer of Hebrews is writing in chapter 5. Towards the end he picks up Melchizedek. Of whom I have much to say, he says. But I'm struggling with that since you are hard of hearing. Because by now, even though you should be dealing with meat, you are still struggling with milk. But strong meat belongs to those, verse 16, I believe, of Hebrews 5. Of those who, by reason of use, that's why he brought that scripture. Find the thought. Go back, go back. I can't wait to do Hebrews. So also Christ... Did not glorify himself to become high priest. Go back to verse 4. No man takes his honor to himself, right? But he who is called of God, just as Aaron was, 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek, next verse. Melchizedek, who? In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, this is Jesus rather, with vehement cries of, of tears to, and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. 8. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Keep going. And having been perfected, he now, Jesus, becomes the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest 
after the order of Melchizedek. This is where now Inan turns to Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say. This Melchizedek matter now, because like we keep referencing, we keep saying he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And I've come back to Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say, uh, but it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Stay in verse 11 and give us a modern translation. There is much we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. And then he, so he now leaves Melchizedek and then starts to say, you, because by now you ought to be tough. Milk and so he gets back. To, that's how chapter six starts. Okay, now let's not go back to elementary principles now, because he realizes all oh, these people are writing to. Oh God, they can't get this. So he leaves it. By the time he picks Melchizedek up again in later in chapter six into chapter seven, he says this Melchizedek having no father nor mother. He says this Melchizedek no genealogy. He says this this Melchizedek no beginning of days or end of life. This, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem means righteousness. Priest of the Most High God, Melchizedek. Who met Abraham? Abraham didn't meet him. Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Blessed him. Blessed him. Watch, pay attention to blessed him. Okay? This priest of the Most High God, this king of righteousness, blessed Abraham. And hammering blessed. So you know when it happens. And blessed him, go on. To whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all. This Melchizedek first being translated. King of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Keep going. This Melchizedek without father. This Melchizedek without mother. This Melchizedek without genealogy. This Melchizedek having neither beginning of days no, end of life. See the next line. But made. That's why he received the tithe. He goes on chapter 7, to 8. He received the tithe once. And then the writer of Hebrews actually goes on to say that all of Levi, the reason why Levites came and became priests was because the tithe was paid in Abraham's loins when Abraham paid the tithe to the Lord once. So qualified Levi to receive them because Levi came as an offshoot of the priesthood that was a type of the priesthood that was to come. Levi being selected out of the tribes of Israel was like sons being selected out of the world to have the spirit of God. When Moses asked who is on the Lord's side when Koran and, and those other guys came up, it was the Levites that came up and took sides with Moses against their own brethren. So they were called out and singled out for ministry service. Now you who are called out of darkness have been made what? A kingdom of priests. A royal priesthood. You're not called to serve priests. You're called to be priests. So we are supposed to all be paying tithe to each other. Because no senior pastor is a high priest. But no, but we are all, all. God, God does not have grandchildren. Are you supposed to honor those that have rule over you? Absolutely. Listen, by the time you are ministering double honor, you realize that your 100% giving to Pav is not enough. 
Oh yes. Oh yes. With how much I labor over you. I deserve your entire salary. Your entire pocket. I deserve it. And the fact that you're not giving it doesn't mean I don't deserve it. Like Paul says, the fact that we're not claiming that over you doesn't mean that we don't deserve it. Second Corinthians 8 and 9. By the time you're working in double honor, percentage dies. God gives you all he has given you and then you break it into 10 and give him one part. So that he will not destroy you. God cannot do what he will do for you until he gets a 10% deposit. God is, that God is so cheap. He's so cheap and so hungry that you mess with his 10%, he will mess you up. And then you don't realize that in Malachi, when you say, Tem, try me and see. Who was he talking to? The people or the priests? Malachi was not written to all Israel. From chapter 2 right to the end, it was written to the priests, the Levites, who ate a tenth of the tenth of what came into the storehouse. And you twist and twist and twist and twist and twist. Jacob came and then when he ran from, from Esau, he got to Bethel and he says, if you bring me back to this place, I'll give you a tenth. That was purely transactional. That's not even if you, if you, if you bring me back here safely, I will give you it. It wasn't him asking for a blessing. Because by the time he pr promised that, he hadn't tithed. He said, if you bless me, I will tithe. Yes. Not, let me tithe. So between us and God, who has more? God, let him give us now. Right? We'll get to give him. <laughs> and then it goes further down in Hebrews 7 to now say, that scripture that we all quote and misquote, of a necessity, the lesser, is blessed by the greater of necessity the lesser is blessed by the greater earlier in chapter 7 it says Melchizedek met him and blessed him if Melchizedek were a mere man he will not be able to release a blessing over Abraham that's why Hebrews then goes on to qualify says the way this thing works is that the lesser is blessed by the greater in other words the greater blesses the lesser a man cannot bless a man because that man is not greater than the other man if we're all sons of God in the image of God then no one is greater than the other so that's why it, he, he describes Melchizedek's superiority first and defines him as a, as a if you like an epiphany in this case, it will be a theophany. A, a forward manifestation of the Son of God. That's why I've taught you guys over and over, contrary to popular belief, the Son was active all through the Old Testament. Pre-incarnate Jesus was such a star. Very active. So he shows up and he blesses one and he blesses him and the other one responds. But if you don't give me what's mine now, Take all as yours. What kind of a vindictive? And that's why we bring the, such vindictiveness into church. Because you have, we have cultivated that kind of God for yourself. The kind of God that will come at everything he gave you because you didn't give him 10%. 
And the moment you default on your 10%, every time you ever gave God ceases to matter. Because you have defaulted this once. And then you hear that God will send his servant to tell you, you didn't give that 10% to me, you give it to the doctor. Who remembers that? Pentecostal. You didn't give it to me, give it to the police. You didn't pay your tithe, your life will be tight. And God is, God is going to stop everything he ever gave you. He'll reverse it and take you all away in an instant. Because you defaulted on tithe on one occasion. He can keep his godness. You can keep it. Keep your godness. Keep your 90%. Keep it. I'm okay. So the so because you notice when, when men paint God as vindictive, it is the men who are painting God that are vindictive. When men paint God as wicked, it is the men who are painting God that are wicked. So he must go beyond the men and see the God for himself the way he painted himself. Why is it that when we teach these things, it's not God that vexes, it's men. Why is it not God that kills us or fights us? Why is it men? Because if we are preaching evil and manipulation and we are twisting the men, children of God, God should come and fight for himself. Why do we have to fight for him? Why is it men that get offended? Because it's not God's bank account that is suffering. It's yours. It's not God's credit alert that is reducing. It's your own on Sunday. So you get angry. You go into the scriptures frenziedly looking for something to justify the money. And this is why the church is struggling because we have pegged the entirety of church to 10% when the New Testament church gave all that they had. The reason why you are struggling today to give, you New Testament Christian, the reason why you are struggling to give is because tithe held you bound in percentage for so long. So now that you are not, you're no longer on the law, you're no longer, you don't know how to give. You are still so angry and the New Testament church is suffering. Because what's the New Testament pattern? They each one brought everything he had. New Testament, they had all things in common. New Testament. People sold lands to give and they laid it at the apostles' feet. And they divided to everyone as he had need. Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 2 and into Acts chapter 4. That and 10% that you are fighting divorce over. Which carries more weight in the scheme of things of God? So the New Testament church is struggling with money, struggling to stay afloat. Because people are no longer tithers. So they stopped being givers. Grace elevates the game. Grace. Elevates the game. You give more. And this time you give cheerfully, not because you're afraid of divorce. For God, 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 the kind of giver God loves is the cheerful. 
So you give, give and give and give and give again. Because you're, you're giving in love. You're giving in love. And it's beautiful to give in love. It's so beautiful to see the effect of your giving in the life of somebody else. I hope that helps somebody. It's, it's, not, it's not a teaching on tithe. It's not exhaustive. But when these things come up, it's good to address them a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Teaching, I'm going. I'm teaching. I'm going. If you're following me, I'm, I'm teaching and going. So I don't have to necessarily come and teach tithing. Exposed. But today I'd like to share something. I said I want to ask a question. And I want to answer it. You probably will title it when I'm done. It's just a conversation. But I want to ask a question. <laughs> and break something that somebody probably has and is struggling with. Now the word of God is the word of God. Which means that it is... He is. It is the final say in our lives. Regardless of what it looks like around us. I've said over and over that when people say revelation is progressive, I said that's not true. Scripture doesn't teach that. Revelation is absolute. Absolute. God doesn't play hide and seek with you. No, not sins across. You have an anointing from the Holy One, 1 John 2. And you know all things. And the anointing that's in you abides in you and teaches you all things. Who has known the mind of man except the spirit of that man which is in him? In other words, in the same way, no one knows the mind of God except the spirit of God. It's 1 Corinthians 2 uh, that is in him. But we have received, not the spirit of this world. I think that's 1 Corinthians 2, 14 or 11, somewhere there. 1 Corinthians 2, 11. 12, 13, 14, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit that is of God. Yes, I've gone past 11 now. 12, 13, 14, we have received not the, thank you, 12. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, of the world, but we have received the spirit who is from God that we might know the things. Now it, it, it tells you this after it asks you a very pertinent question. Who knows the mind of a man except the spirit of that, that man, that man, that man. In the same vein, no one knows the mind of God except the spirit of God. So if God wants you to know his mind, what does he have to give you? So you have the mind of God. The problem is your own mind. The spirit of the son, the spirit of God in man. Is the full download of the mind of God. That's why we said the Spirit of God is the creative agent of God. Do you remember? He's how God does through the Son. So once you receive the Spirit of God, what have you received in essence? The Logos. The Spirit of the Son. Who is the Son? The Word. Logos. So when you receive the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of Christ, the Son, the Spirit of the Word, what have you received? The Word. So hear me, that you don't know it doesn't mean you have not received it. That you don't know it doesn't mean you have not received it. You literally need to front load what you have downloaded. 
know, most times we keep, you know, we have we are human beings, especially in Africa, we have so much problems. So we are, you know, somebody gives you an important piece of information and then you tell the person, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it at the back of my mind. What is he doing at the back? How do you expect it to benefit you when every time you receive something important, you send it? I forgot. I keep forgetting. I try to be because it's at the back of your mind, silly. And until your mind is renewed, God's mind is at the back of your mind. Until your mind is renewed, God's mind has to make do with the back, back of your mind, the bus quarters. So there's that conflict in you all the time between your mind and his mind. Not because you don't know his word. You do. It just hasn't come to the forefront of your existence. And so I said a few weeks ago, a few months ago now, that there's no word I'm teaching you that's not in you. I show you a mystery. I show you, there's no mystery I'm showing you. I show you. Let me show you a mystery. There's no mystery. The moment you receive the Spirit of God, you receive the fullness of the mind of God. So Revelation is not progressive. It's not. Revelation is absolute. Your awareness of that absolute revelation, that is what is progressing. Does that make sense now? Your consciousness, your, the level to which you know what you know. Because if it's knowledge, you have received the Spirit of God who is the mind of God. So you will struggle to the level of your lack of consciousness of all that you have in Christ Jesus. But you have all that God can give you. You have all of it. Are you hearing me now? You have all of it. So that you don't know it doesn't mean you have not received it. On the, so, so allow scripture to be scripture. And, and don't struggle with what has obtained for hundreds of years. Don't do it. The worst thing you can do to someone who needs to repent is to give them what appears to be a justifiable reason not to. The worst thing you can do to someone who needs to repent is give them what appears to be a justifiable reason not to. You just produced a rebel in the church and the Lord will hold you responsible. Selah. Because if you need to repent of something, repent of it. Don't try and justify it. Don't try and make yourself a victim. Repent. Take responsibility and repent. When the word of God comes, if it comes to reprove, to rebuke and correct in righteousness and instruct, it means that you should let it have that work in you. That's why repentance takes humility. Takes you, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a litmus test for humility. It takes being humble to repent. Otherwise, there will always be something that justifies your position. And then makes you turn defiant about something you should actually be repenting over. 
And somebody come and tell you, no, 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 listen to that. You have, a, you have grounds. And you have armed a rebel and you have blinded them to light. That's what's happening with the word of God. We teach something, it offends a particular area of your life. It is an area you need to repent in. That we speak tight and you're angry. Why are you angry for God? I thought it's God's time. Oh, is it your rent and your children's school fees that you're angry about? And you splatter a couple of scriptures to justify fleecing people. And you're angry. You can't repent because you don't know what it means to trust God to meet your needs. You don't know. You preach it. But you have a, you have a congregation that supplies your every whim and caprice. You, can, you have 200 people. You can just come and raise money, do program for three days and raise money to meet a shortfall. It's, dear G.O., you don't know what it means to trust God. Come and talk to us about trusting God. So when, so when the word of God hits you, I need to repent. Repent! Starting here, is the, it is the believer that repents. The unbeliever receives faith to believe and become. When he becomes, he starts to repent. That's sanctification. Yes, sanctification is ongoing repentance. Ongoing repentance. You realize when I messed up on that one, you drop it. That ain't working, I dropped it. That's the work of the flesh, I drop it. I, I didn't get that one right, I, I repent of it. I fell upon I fell on that one. I slept upon that one. I fixed it. Yes, it's the believer that, 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 that goes through that sanctification yes, process. Yes, yes, and that's our approach to the word of God. Yes, so that by the time I ask you what a body house and I ask you to show me one place in the scriptures where a witch killed a believer. You will not start to be offended and think I'm coming for you. You would hopefully be as theologically and scripturally objective as you can be and be able to articulate for me in the scriptures just one place. Just one. Where a witch killed a believer. Such that believers are trapped in the fear of death even though they are saved by he who conquered death the believer is trapped in the fear of death even though they are saved by the power of he who conquered death what then were you saved from and what were you saved into hear me every time a witch appeared in the old testament she was, she or he, were primed for killing. Every time a witch is mentioned in scripture, is the witch that was running for their lives. Because ordinary people, not witches, 
ordinary people, no Holy Spirit, ordinary people, no grace could catch witches and kill them. So it was witches that were afraid for their lives. Ordinary Israelites could catch a witch. Excuse me, witches are powerful. Mm, don't get it twisted. Mm -hmm. Don't get it twisted. There's dark powers that are real. But a people that just had promise, all Israel had. Oh Lord, help me with this. All Israel had was promise. Made to at the time Israel was beginning to walk into this, the promise they even had was made not to them but to their fathers who were dead Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. The patriarchs were all dead. But in fact, by the time Israel was leaving Egypt, Joseph was already long dead. In fact, he was so dead. <laughs> That it was his death and as long as he had died that even caused this new pharaoh to enslave Israel. Yes. Yeah. For there arose, the scripture says, a pharaoh that knew not. Knew, knew not. Knew not, did, knew not doesn't mean a pharaoh that did not meet Joseph. It means this, this pharaoh that came, no link. Not in, even in the remotest, slightest possibility. Like Joseph was not even so much a distant memory. Joseph did not exist in the annals of Egypt as far as that fairy was concerned. The only link to Joseph would have been the surviving Israelites. The climb had so changed that there was nothing to reference Egypt to Joseph. That's how dead Joseph was. He died, his memory died with him in Egypt. Seven years of famine. How could you forget something that, that's important? Seven years of famine, seven years of plenty that saved the entire world. Of course, it was a type. Of course, it was a type. But, 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 but look at it in its literal sense. The entire world was coming to Egypt to buy grain. Sir, you don't just forget. Something like that. But, but Joseph so died. That a pharaoh came who had no reference to him. It was to those dead guys that God gave the promise. Yes. And all they had was the promise. And they could catch witches with power. And kill them. And an Israelite with a promise superseded a witch with power an Israelite with no power for you shall receive power after that day so therefore no spirit equals yeah Jesus Christ of Nazareth the man absolutely powerless until the anointing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How God 
Acts 10.38 Anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the And um, I told you I give you things in layers. When you see anointed in the New Testament, you can substitute it for baptism. Using a medium. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And with power. Holy Spirit. Do not mean. Then he goes about doing good. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Activated. In a believer. So Israelite with a promise. With no spirit. Equals Israelite with no power. Taking on and burning and roasting and tying to the stake and crucifying. Which is who could call up the dead. Necromancers. Clairvoyants. Sorcerers. Dark powers. Diviners. Familiar spirits. Word of knowledge and prophecy. Enchanters. That's a spell casters. These are different branches of witchcraft. Now we don't talk about it, doesn't mean we don't know. Oh yes. Then there's the astral travel school of witchcraft. Different schools. All of them manifested in scripture. All of them. Simon the sorcerer. Elimas. The witch of Endor. All they have powers. They were always the ones on the run. Why did Saul have to look for the one in Endor? She was in hiding. Because if she had been seen, she would have been lynched. And somebody think, are you are you here to preach about the killing? Of witches. No. I'm just saying. If this is the history. Of witchcraft. As a New Testament believer. You actually should be feeling sorry for them. And whatever you do. Definitely. Not running from them. And most certainly, not even so much as alluding that they can touch you. I I know where I'm speaking this in. Multiple deaths happened when Jesus died. The believer, you know, we're not be given the spirit of fear. But please, 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 if you must, if you feel like fear is positive energy, don't fear death. Yeah, please, you can't, you, I understand, okay, lizards creep you out. That's fine. 
to each his own fear. Don't fear death. A rat in your room is more crucial and more powerful than death. Come on, sir. What? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For a believer, the fear of death is the stupidest, foolishest, most low and despicable fear you can have. Here's why. You can argue that the cross did not deal with rats. And you kind of will be like, correct. You can argue that lizards were not crucified on the cross. You can argue that, well, yeah, Jesus paid for my sins, but that doesn't stop millipedes creeping me out. Where do you want to base your argument for death? Because if there is one thing Jesus destroyed, That's how, that's how, that's how I will, I will eat some soup and it will turn my tummy. It's okay. It's okay. I eat afang and vegetables. I love it. But I eat it with revelation. There is no how you cook afang, a dikai called vegetable, a fori roll. I, I, I have multiple dates with the toilet lined up. It is my cross. I carry it in spite of Jesus' cross. My metabolism and my digestive system is still what it is. With the cross. There are some flowers and plants you touch that your skin will break out. It's okay. It's, it's, your, it's your anatomy acting out. It's your body. And so I can understand that you'll be careful with certain things. I can understand that there's some soaps you might not respond well to. I can, I can understand that there's some water you had a bath with you break out. I can understand that you are a germaphobe. And it's okay. But you're going to argue that Jesus did didn't go to the cross with rats in mind. But he went to the cross with life in mind. There's one thing he spoiled on the cross. It's death. Because only he can. You never see any place in the scriptures any place in the scriptures where witches are permitted to kill 
How much more? Everywhere we shows up in scriptures. She's the one on the defensive. Which is her cannot be on the offensive. Cannot. Sons are gathered, sons are sleeping, sons are traveling. And the witch wants to manifest when Satan, your father, cannot do anything. Simon, Simon. The father of murderers, the father of darkness, the prince of this world can't touch you. Then one small club from his domain that he's only caretaker, you know, because both he and them, the capital H, he is their boss. That's why I tell you, Son of God, they are, they, are press, they are pressing you. In my entire, I've never prayed for anybody who was being pressed by, by, by demons. It's the believer that is the issue. I have no beef with the demon. I have no beef with the witch. They pressed you. Wow. Let me know the day you wake up. Press them. People come to me with dreams. That's why I don't, I don't do all that silly demonic dream interpretation. You saw dog. Dog means this. You saw shit. Shit means this. You saw bat. Bat means this. You saw cat. Cat means this. The cat was meowing. It meant this. The cat had one eye closed. It means that. The dog was dead in front of your house. It means this. We develop a manual that is baseless. To interpreting dreams. When somebody comes to me and says, Oh, I ate in the dream. I'm like, Praise God, the country is hard. <laughs> if God could send ravens to feed Elijah, God can feed in your dream. Was there malt inside? No more. Please go and sleep. No ice cream for dessert. What kind of table is that? In the presence of your enemies. Please, from where did we get that when you eat in a dream, you are lost? A man was praying. A man who walked with Jesus for three and a half years was praying. 
and he entered a trance, saw an open vision, elder brother of a dream, and all kinds of needs appeared. And a voice said to him, in the dream, in the vision, arise here. Three times. So that's not a mistake. Somehow food in a dream is powerful enough to do what Jesus and God, John 10, cannot do. John 10, 28 and 29. No one, nothing, is able to snatch them out of my hand. No one can pluck them out of my hand. Oh, my father is greater than all. 29. And no one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand until you ate in the dream. 1 Corinthians 8 and 1. Now, concerning food given to idols. You can change. We know that we have knowledge. Knowledge pops up, but love edifies. Keep going quickly. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet, as he ought to know. Keep going. Ah. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idol, we know. Please read. So you are even the reason why we are having this conversation in the first place is because you have even believed that the idol is a god. That, that's, that's the only reason why you even ask, can we eat food given to idols? The very asking of the question suggests you believe the idol is a deity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what about eating meat that has been offered to idols? Well, read. Just before you say power has come to manipulate people. Tip it. The message. Romans 14, verse 1. Receive one who is willing in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. Keep going quickly. 
For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Save the animals, save them for us, we'll eat them for you. I can't stand an animal being killed. Turn on the TV, watch something, watch a cartoon, just, just, just praise the Lord. Okay, eat aloe vera. Read verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians 8, 5 and 6. For even if they are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us, it's one God. The Father of the Father, of whom are all things, and we are for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ. Now skip to verse 8 and run verse 8 for me in a bunch of translations. Some of you, it's a mouthful already. So, modern translations. I, I don't, I don't think we fully understand what Jesus did. And I say we as the church universal so so many of us are in bondage man manufactured religion sponsored bondage if we stop deliverance ministry what will we do how about try preaching the gospel We can't all be called to the same thing. What Bible are you reading from? Who trained you in the scriptures? You all can't preach the same thing. The things you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Whoever preaching be veiled, it is veiled from those who are perishing. For God has his of this world has blinded their eyes and they should not see the light of the gospel. It shines in us. Light of Christ Jesus. Go into all nations and make disciples of all men. Matthew, go into all nations and preach the gospel. It's one assignment. We're afraid of the very thing that Jesus defeated. People are walking in bondage and afraid of dying, afraid of sleeping. Not here. Afraid of closing your eyes. Uncertain. Afraid. Not here. This is freedom zone. An Israelite could catch a witch and kill. 
he came, my elder brother, and spoiled all principalities and powers. March them naked on the streets. And then left, but didn't just leave. Gave us the same avenue by which he did it. The same spirit by which he did it. Left it in us. So really for a believer that knows who they are in Christ Jesus, a witch sees you and crosses the other side. Yeah. I understand they walked in your family. That was just until you came into the knowledge. I understand it troubled your father and your mother and maybe your elder brother or sister, but you see, the, the cross drew a bloodline. And that line you know that um, from your days of the playground that line is you see if they born you will your head correct and you know that you would only cross that line if you had absolute assurance that you can beat this person. If you can't beat the person on this, the person that drew the line. You think a witch will see a son across the bloodline whose elder brother drew the line. elder brother drew the line when he drew the line he moved inside you to guard the line entered you to guard the line then you now tell the witch the bone and the witch will close I don't care if their number multiplies by the millions. I don't care if we're surrounded by witches. I don't care that they move into church. They should come from car sections. Just keep, just keep coming. Give that witch six weeks. Give that witch a microphone at 35. saying this to motivate you I'm saying this to motivate you I'm not saying to wind you up I'm actually saying it to you. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. so you understand that you are not ordinary you look ordinary you sound ordinary you talk ordinary but you're not ordinary yes, sir. I'll pick up this conversation yes, I haven't actually I haven't I haven't touched it so I told you, I said it by saying or trying to say multiple deaths happened at the cross. Yeah, multiple deaths happened at the cross. We'll look at it systematically. 
Jesus didn't do anything if he didn't conquer death. He deserves no glory, no honor, no adoration, no worship. He's not the glorified Son of God. He failed. If death still has power. And if that death can be administered by cheap witches. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Using delegated power. Multiple tier delegated power. Because a witch is operating by a familiar spirit. Familiar spirit is a cheap demon. Not even Beelzebub. Who can be called Lord of the Flies. eh? Senior demon. Not even Diabolon himself. Multiple, multiple low tier demons. That run witches. It's like a small rotary club. You know? Small. Father, thank you for knowledge of who we are. Listen, I don't know who that person is, but it's the last time any demonic oppression will harass you. Last time. You had a rough night last night. You you had you're sleeping and you're troubled. You feel like there's physical presence manifesting in your room. If you are that person here, all of us will say it so that it doesn't look like it's only you. So all of us will say what I'm telling us to say. If you are depressing that you are you 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 know you need this. There's physical presence manifesting in your room. At tonight, right now, all of us will shout, try it again. One to go. Tonight, see, I'm not done with this issue. But tonight, before you sleep, I am the son of God. I'm the righteousness of God. Jesus, Jesus did not pay for anything if he didn't pay to conquer death and principalities and powers. And now that I know, you foul spirit of witchcraft and demonic oppression, I dare you tonight as I sleep. Try it. Sleep tonight and see yourself with a big club beating that dog that keeps chasing you. Turn around with that club, club the dog to death. Wake up, wake up sweating and know that you killed a dog. of God that he spent his song to oh. sing. Silly demon gets up. Silly witch that cannot build a house is living in a hut. Silly witch cannot prosper in witchcraft enough to pay rent. 
who you are running from, that nonsense ends to be. And that's the witch that will hold your whole father's house to ransom. That's why one of the first things Jesus did when he came, hear me, was to change your father. for one Lord and Father of all. For this reason I bow my knee to God from whom all the families of the earth are named. The cross changed your fatherhood. So, so when they are saying curses from your head, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me? Curse father's house? No Holy Spirit, no power. Just promise. A prophet stood on a mountain. He said, who can curse a people? Whom God has blessed. Numbers 23. He said, yeah, I have blessed and I cannot curse. And then he goes up and he thinks in verse 19. He says, ah! There's no enchantment. 23, I think, 23. 23, 22, 23. There's no... There's no enchantment against Jacob. There is no divination against Israel. So he looked here like Odeshi. He looked there, Odeshi. Because Balak kept taking him to different positions to see if he might find a position from which if he threw an enchantment or divination, but guess what? I will show you this thing someday. The tabernacle of Moses had them, 12 tribes. They were arranged in three, three tribes per side. And Judah, we think with Dan and Zebulun, the largest tribes were in the east. And the east, Judah and Dan and Zebulun were the three tribes. They were the largest tribes in Israel. They were on the east side of the tabernacle, which is the entrance into the tabernacle. Yes, Judah means praise. Yes, so scripture says, coming to his court with thanksgiving and into his gates with praise. Yes, Literally, Judah was the only way through the tabernacle. Yes, praise was the only way through the tabernacle. Yes, so it says coming to his courts with praise. You had to go through Judah to enter the outer court. Yes, so it was a type. Yeah. And so you had these three tribes on the east. And the east was the longer side of the formation. And then you had the other three tribes, or three sets of three tribes on the south, the west, and the north. And so when Balaam looked up on the mountain and he saw them from the tribe of Judah and Dan and Zebulun, the, the picture he saw, if you looked at the tabernacle from the sky, it was the, the sign of the cross. Because on the east side, it was much longer with the three bigger tribes and then the other three sets of three smaller tribes were on the three sides. That was why God gave Moses that encampment formation for the purpose of Israel. So prophetically, it foreshadowed the sign, literally, or the symbolism of the cross or the salvation that they were to receive in a promissory sense. So he brings Balaam and Balaam looks and he sees the cross. So I can't do this. I, 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 I can't do this. Not with which, with what I see, there is no enchantment against Jacob. With what I see, there is no divination. Not with what I see. Not with what I see. 
not with this pictorial illustration of what is coming just a symbol of what was coming protected the people just a symbol of, of what and for us the substance is listen you have 60 seconds i'm going to time it hey hold on hold on hold on hold on whatever you do in 60 seconds don't pray you can shout you can declare your reality you can just shout so much you piss off every witch in the universe and announce hold on and announce to every demonic activity after today, whatever you do, don't pray. Why did I say not pray? Because it's not a prayer. Prayer. Your time starts now. What? Declare the authority. Trample upon the head of every demonic power, every witch and wizard, every diviner, every sorcerer. Exercise your sonship and your freedom. You better open your mouth. You better make a declaration. The devil is a liar. Shout! I don't know what happens to me at night. It's like as if, it's like as if, try it. What gospel have we sold that makes it okay? For a witch to trouble the son of Yahweh. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 pick this up. Oh, pick this up. Deal with it properly. We will. Deal with this properly. It's a thought I haven't, I haven't even so much as scratched the surface of. But you see, death, fear of dying, is absolutely baseless. If you have not taken anything away from today, the one thing Jesus took away. I don't like crossing the road alone. It's right. I will cross you. Death? Demonic oppression? No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's okay to fear. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying all this to let you realize how silly it is to fear death. Jesus dealt with it so badly he cannot recover. Give God praise.
well. That's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasileacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at while the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 234-70-881-8864. Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.